0: My name is Dr. Robert Higgins. I'm the Director of Surgery at Johns Hopkins, as well as the Surgeon-in-Chief for Johns Hopkins Medicine here in Baltimore. You are listening to Interview
1: with the Surgeon with the Surgeon Agent. On this episode of Interview with the Surgeon, we welcome Dr. Robert Higgins, the Surgeon-in-Chief of the Johns Hopkins Hospital. He's a leading authority in heart and lung transplantation, minimally invasive cardiac surgery, and mechanical surgical support. His scientific interests are broad and far-ranging, including the mechanisms of cell injury and failing hearts, health economics and policy, racial disparities, and post-transplant outcomes, access to care and improving outcomes among heart failure and cardiac surgery patients. Dr. Higgins is also the William Stewart Halstead Professor of Surgery and Director of the Department of Surgery at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Dr. Higgins has held leadership positions at various organizations, including president of the United Network for Organ Sharing, president of the Society of Black Academic Surgeons, and president and founding member of the Association of Black Cardiovascular and Thoracic Surgeons. He has also been appointed to the Advisory Committee on Organ Transplantation by the Secretary of Department of Health and Human Services. He has authored over 100 scientific articles and book chapters. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining Interview with the Surgeon. Today, we welcome Dr. Robert Higgins, cardiothoracic surgeon and director of surgery at Johns Hopkins. Doc, how are we doing today? Very well, thanks for the invitation. Thanks for being with us. So let's just jump right into it. What were your goals and aspirations during your residency, and how did those changed during your fellowship? Well, I was fortunate to train
0: uh, at two great places uh, where I learned about uh, general surgery, and um, my appetite for uh, transplantation was uh, wet at the University of Pittsburgh. And then as I pursued my cardiac training at Yale, I had a chance to work in the laboratory uh, doing uh, heart and lung transplants in primates and and some other uh, very cool projects. And then my core training was in adult cardiac surgery. I knew that transplantation was something I wanted to pursue. And so my uh, chief, uh, John Baldwin, was a transplant guy, and he uh, recommended that I get some additional fellowship training if I wanted to go on to be a transplant program director down the line. So I set up to do a transplant fellowship at Papworth Hospital, Cambridge University in England. And that was a fantastic experience, did a lot of transplants, and really set the stage for me to take on a leadership role as a transplant director. Having done over 60 transplants during my fellowship, uh, I went on to do a, take on a role as a surgical director of a heart and lung transplant program at Henry Ford Hospital. So I was very fortunate to have great
1: mentorship and training uh, that prepared me
0: for my first job.
1: So can kind you of, kind of take us through that mentality going into your first job search and how that perspective changed in the beginning years of your career? Well, I looked at a number of uh, locations
0: where I thought I could not only do adult cardiac surgery, but pursue my passion for transplantation. And Henry Ford Hospital uh, in Detroit, uh, it was not a, you know, a location that I you know sought out, but it, they had a great opportunity. They needed a young person. They had mature cardiothoracic surgery there. They'd been in the field uh, and they had a needy population and they needed a, somebody to come with uh, uh, ambition about uh, building a transplant program. So they were willing to help support me going to get training and then um, coming back there, they supported my family traveling with me to, to Great Britain and they were very supportive and it was a fantastic opportunity. I will have to say it, it was probably the uh, greatest time of personal and professional development that first seven years of my career and uh, I couldn't have had a better start uh, in, that, in that context.
1: Throughout your career, did you ever consider going private practice or were you academic focused all the way?
0: Well, as you, you would
1: imagine, transplantation
0: is a uh, resource intensive environment classically done in uh, academic settings. There are some transplant programs in private practice settings. I just never um, really pursued those. I was always interested in learning from our experiences in transplantation. And uh, we had experimental models. We had uh, new drug therapies, clinical trials, and other ways and the knowledge base on the horizon of transplantation as well as adult cardiac surgery. And that was mostly in the setting of an academic environment. I also liked the idea of teaching residents and giving something back um, to the profession. And so uh, being part of a clinical training program was always an important part of what
1: I wanted to do in the future. Can you briefly take us through your journey as you climbed to be the director of surgery at Johns Hopkins?
0: Well, I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of a lot of people. Obviously, I'm very fortunate uh, after Henry Ford Hospital. I was offered an opportunity to be a division head at uh, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, which was Medical College of Virginia. And they had a storied history in transplantation uh, as well. Um, so I got there, got there and helped to build the team and uh, that was a great experience uh, recruiting uh, new faculty and building a cardiac surgery program, so I was fortunate. And then each step along the way, I've had uh, incremental increases in my responsibility from a division head to a small department head in Chicago at Rush to a uh, larger uh, enterprise commitment at Ohio State, and that happened in 2010 And there I got to uh, not only run a cardiothoracic transplant program, but also the Comprehensive Transplant Center. And each one of those progressive responsibilities came with uh, great mentorship and sponsorship from people who were really outstanding. And so I learned a great deal. Um, I also had to uh, kind of supplement my insight. Um, Healthcare is a business. And so I I, I took a couple of accounting classes and learned about healthcare finance. And eventually got my master's in health administration, which allowed me to not only do surgery, but also create teams and work in hospitals and schools of medicine where you needed kind of accounting and finance uh, understanding to be successful as a business person. So I've been fortunate to get a lot of those experiences over the last uh, 25 years.
1: What would you say were some of the keys of your success that shaped your early career as you climbed the top of your industry?
0: I think the most important thing when I started
1: my career was I paid attention to
0: uh, learning my craft and being the best cardiothoracic surgeon I could be. So my outcomes were important. My collegiality with my colleagues and referring doctors was important. Uh, I built a reputation for being a kind of a go-to person. And um, and that paid dividends. Uh, That then led to further opportunities. And each step along the way... Uh, I tried to be a, a great partner. And uh, people then uh, invited me to take on progressive leadership responsibilities. And I've been fortunate to uh, do pretty well with those. Um, I tried not to burn many bridges. I tried to be a good partner and a colleague. And, uh, you know, most individuals uh, will uh, create problems for themselves if they try to fight against an institution. So I was always a, a guy that wanted to get along, build teams, and uh, make the place better uh, when I, from when I started it until when I left.
1: What advice do you have for the graduating residents and fellows as they enter the professional job market for the first time? Well, I think some of those same
0: lessons will resonate with anybody who's going to be successful. Be conscientious, hardworking, committed, um, you know, great effort uh, and great outcomes, can be a fantastic formula, uh, be a colleague and a partner, uh, no matter where you are. And uh, I, I, I didn't look for the spotlight initially, I just wanted to be a member of the team. And eventually, people drafted me to take on leadership roles. Um, but that first five to seven years was critical. So I knew I was gonna be there for five to seven years. I wasn't looking for another job, other people came knocking on my door. Uh, and again, I, I'd probably still be happy in Detroit um, if I grew up in that environment and twenty years later uh, took on leadership progressive leadership roles, I think that 's the key. Uh, some clinical humility uh, and excellent outcomes and a great work ethic
1: can go a long way to make you successful. Can you talk about your involvement with the society of thoracic surgeons?
0: Well, I, I again, as a cardiothoracic surgery uh, surgeon, um, you have to practice for two years before you can apply. Um, as a candidate member at the Society of Thoracic Surgeons. And then I applied in 97, having completed my training in 93 and, um, progressively volunteered for committees, uh, participated in the meeting. I always found it a great collegial environment to learn from my colleagues and peers, and eventually, um, served on some committees and did good work, I think. Uh, and I got drafted and nominated to, uh, take on progressive leadership roles. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, I ended up being the president last year, which was probably my greatest professional honor. Uh, And it was a humbling experience because we have, uh, you know, four or 5,000 members. It's the largest international society of heart and lung transplant and cardiovascular surgeons in the world. And you are the spokesperson and representative of a large group of uh, professionals who rely upon the database for quality uh, metrics, uh, professional association, uh, support, uh, educational opportunities, uh, commonly through the uh, national meeting, annual meeting every year. And it's just a great group of uh, folks to work with, uh, headquartered in Chicago. So I was fortunate to benefit from that and I was in Chicago and uh, it was a great experience as president. Um, really, one of the highlights of my uh, career so far.
1: Seeing that everything is going virtual right now, and a lot of the annual conferences have been going online, what advice do you have for the graduating class regarding their networking and outreach process?
0: Well, you know, um, the cup is half full, I think. Um, the virtual platforms allow us to interact as we are today um, without having to travel or be out of your office or away from your practice, or away from your patients, or away from your residents, or away from your family. So there's some advantages. Uh, it can be uh, tiring. Uh, uh, to, this is probably my sixth or seventh uh, Zoom call today. But um, it allows me to uh, interact with folks across a wide spectrum of interactions that is very positive. And so I would use uh, this, uh, this uh, platform as a way to uh, participate on educational webinars, to uh, do business meeting planning, to mentor young people one-on-one, to have group setting meetings with uh, our practices. It's a, it's, a, it's a valuable tool. And uh, I think you can learn a lot if you can use it uh, effectively to enhance your practice and your personal life. So I, I encourage it as a, as a positive. I wish we could have the personal interactions uh, the connectedness that we usually feel when we meet people at a meeting, or go to dinner, or uh, or uh, discuss a paper, or have a, a scholarly discussion. Sometimes that's not quite as uh, uh, genuine, or it doesn't feel quite the same. But in the same token, um, this is the world we live in. It's the new normal for right now, and I think that uh, you have to take advantage of it, and hopefully we'll get back to uh, uh, face-to-face meetings Um, which might be actually more expensive and maybe less uh, time uh, effective.
1: Who knows? So now there's a human element to being a surgeon. And so what would be your advice to your younger self when dealing with complications in the OR that don't come out as ideal outcomes?
0: Well, first and foremost, I, I, I mentioned early in my career that I had the benefit of lots of great mentors and I wanted to be in a practice where my senior partners could look out for me. So we looked at cases carefully beforehand. Uh, they were available uh, to help me intraoperatively if I had a problem. Uh, we also had a very strong team of uh, uh, advanced practice, nurses assistants who uh, were very experienced. So I always felt like there was help around if I ran into trouble. Likewise, in the perioperative and postoperative period, if you have a, complication, and you have a strong critical care team to support you, uh, they often can help uh, make some of those complications a little bit better for the patients. The ultimate uh, goal, of course, is to do surgery without complications. We know that that's not possible in cardiovascular medicine and surgery, nor in transplant or other uh, fields. But having teams around you, multidisciplinary professionals, nurses, advanced practice, physician's assistants, critical care staff, uh, all can contribute to the success of your practice. And if you build a team and you treat people well and they collaborate with you, you can often mitigate the effects of uh, uh, technical complications with great perioperative care. So I think building teams pays dividends and they will help you and support you through thick and thin when things are going great, as well as when they're tough. I would say, any person who's looking for a, a career opportunity in cardiovascular medicine and surgery really should look at uh, an environment that will support them in the early stages of their career development. And mentorship and sponsorship, those are terms that are overutilized, but couldn't be more important. Having a, a, a senior partner, a great PA with experience, a nursing staff that's supportive and collegial critical care teams to help you is uh, uh, worth uh, so much in your early career. And if you can seek out employment opportunities that provide those things, uh, they'll pay pay dividends for the rest of your career. And I've been the beneficiary of that and uh, now take on leadership, progressive leadership responsibilities in places like Hopkins because I had that foundation uh, 30 years ago.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Interview with the Surgeon. Until next time, stay focused and keep following your dreams.